0: Mikel Arteta has been speaking to the media ahead of Arsenal's trip to Crystal Palace. He's been discussing the game. He's been discussing William, David Luiz, Bern Leno and more. We're going to be discussing all of that as well as taking your questions on this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 19 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing Mikel Arteta's press conference. The Arsenal boss has been speaking ahead of the trip to Crystal Palace. He's been discussing David Luiz, Willian, Burn Leno and more. We're going to be taking you through his comments as well as reacting to some of those comments and taking some of your questions. Of course, as always, from the live chat. I want to say a big hello to every one of you who is currently watching us live, to those of you who are going to watch this back on replay, and of course to those of you who are listening via the audio platforms. If you are listening via the audio platforms, please feel free to leave us a review um really need to drive forward on that reviews front not really pushed it enough uh so if you guys could uh, leave us a review on the audio platforms if that is of course where you're listening from then i'd be uh, extremely grateful so let's discuss Mikel Arteta's comments. He's been speaking to the media uh, this morning ahead of that trip to Crystal Palace. And he began uh, by discussing the team news. He said there's no big changes. He thinks that everybody's fit apart from David Luiz. He said, we'll see how Granite is as well. But for the rest, I think they are OK. OK. Um, there was a bit of talk about the Chelsea game the other day and the momentum that Arsenal can take on, uh, of course, uh, from Wednesday's match. He said, yes, we've been much more consistent in the last few weeks in the Premier League, which is really positive. We have two games to go and still things are mathematically possible. So let's try and get the best outcome. So Mikel Arteta reacting uh, to a question with regards to taking some momentum following that game against Chelsea. Um he was asked, interestingly, and I'm not going to go through every single one, by the way, of um, of these questions and, and responses because it's quite long-winded. But he was asked if, um, if this would be a successful season, if Arsenal managed to qualify for Europe. Of course, the UEFA Conference League remains an opportunity. Uh, or, or remains a possibility I should say for Arsenal but he said I think to have a successful season at this club you have to have trophies in your hands so Mikel Arteta not uh, not particularly uh sort of excited about the prospect of just about scraping into Europe's third tier competition and I have to say I probably feel the same way he was asked if the Palace uh, fans being back in the stadium will be something that the players could feed off um And he said it doesn't matter that they're Palace fans. It's still great to have fans. We're going to be lucky enough to have fans back for our last game, which we can't wait for. And to have fans there will make the atmosphere much better. And back to how this game has to be played. Um, he was asked a little bit about Roy Hodgson, who, of course, today has announced that he will be leaving Crystal Palace at the end of the season. I think most people uh, thought that was coming. Roy Hodgson, one of the most senior managers in the Premier League, I think he's the oldest manager in the Premier League. Uh, pretty sure of that. And um, Roy Hodgson is is someone that whoever you support, you can't help but have some respect for. I think he was um, a little bit out of his depth when he took the Liverpool job. Um, you know, and the fans weren't happy, et cetera, et cetera. And he got moved on, but somebody around that mid table level is, is the perfect job for Roy Hodgson and, and Roy Hodgson, extremely experienced and extremely intelligent man. I've had the, the fortune of interviewing Roy Hodgson, uh, a couple of years back and he's really intelligent, really clever, really smart. Um, and, and he's a real football man. You know, you sit down with Roy Hodgson and you, you're hooked. You you buy into what he's saying, you listen, and and he's so intelligent. You can tell it really comes through. Uh, so him leaving Crystal Palace is obviously, um, you know, a big, big thing, um, probably going to be his retirement, and and he's a great manager. And whatever you say about him during his time at Crystal Palace, and I know a lot of Crystal Palace fans have been a little bit disappointed at times by the brand of football, by the way they've gone about their business, but he's kept them up. Um, and he's kept them safe. And and that's the main thing. So job done, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Roy Hodgson and Crystal Palace. And uh, he's a great man and wish him all the best in the future. Of course, as Brad points out, he was the England manager too. Um, I think the England manager's job is a bit of a poison chalice, if I'm honest. I think whoever is in that job will come under scrutiny. And when they inevitably fail to deliver a major trophy, like The other 15, 20 managers before them, obviously that criticism just really uh, ramps up and and people really start sort of pulling their their tenure and some of their decisions apart. So I I don't really, I I won't really judge a manager based on an England stint, if I'm honest. I think it's hard. I think it's a really different job and a different skill set is probably needed. Of course, we heard at the back end of uh, last week that David Luiz would be leaving the club at the end of the season. And Mikel Arteta was asked about that. He said he's a player that has won everything in football and has earned every right to do so because of who he is as a player and a person. I had the privilege to work with him for 18 months, which I really enjoyed We got on really well. We had some great moments together. He has been really helpful, someone that we really like and appreciate so much. So I just say thank you to him and wish him the best of luck in his next chapter, because I'm sure knowing David that he will have many more to come as a player and in the future somehow related to the game. Um, So David Luiz, Leaves the club or will leave the club at the end of the season as good as confirmed by Mikel Arteta. It is confirmed by Mikel Arteta following the initial reports that broke last week. And Mikel Arteta, extremely complimentary of the Brazilian and all that he has uh, brought to the table during Arteta's 18 months at the club. A leader, uh, somebody who will be missed in the dressing room. It's one of those ones where, you know, we probably should move on from him, but you're still a little bit sad to see him go. Um, certainly how I feel anyway. And if you want more reaction to that David Louise news, then head over uh, to the uh, podcast we put out a couple of days ago, uh, with regards, uh, with regards to, um, to, of course, uh, David Louise. uh, on William, uh, he was asked about William as well. And he said, Um, first of all, we signed a player with an incredible talent, a proven talent and performance level in this league. And this season has been difficult and I take full responsibility because I have to be the one getting the best out of him. And we have moments, but not to the level that he did before. This is an assessment that we will do individually with the players and with Edu, the board and the ownership to make the right decisions from the future. Um, So, you know, Mikel Arteta wanting to defend Willian in the sense of putting his disappointing season on him. You know, as as the manager, it is his responsibility. That's what he's saying. Um, you know, he feels like it's his job to get the most out of people. I feel like he's protecting Willian a little bit there. And he will do because he's the one that was was in, or one of the people that was instrumental in bringing him to the club. But he kind of hints there that it's not been good enough and that everybody is aware of that. Um, and, and we could, you know, maybe see um, a, a decision taken on, on William's future, despite him signing a three-year contract with the club as recently as last summer. He was asked whether he'll remain at Arsenal, um, and he said every player that is under contract is very likely to be here with us next season. Um, he was asked a little bit about what a strong finish would do. so I'll skip over some of this these parts because um, some of them are, are a little bit... Uh, I'm not going to say irrelevant, but it's just kind of time-filling in terms of the press conference. He was asked about Harry Kane. Um, What a waste of a question. I mean, this is what a waste of a question. We're not going to sign Harry Kane. Harry Kane is not going to leave Tottenham Hotspur because he wants to go and win major honours to move to a club that are currently below them in the league table. And David, uh, sorry, Harry Kane, forget Harry Kane for a minute. Daniel Levy is never going to allow that to happen either. So that's not going to happen. It just, why ask Mikel Arteta about Harry Kane? I'm not sure. I don't get that. I don't get that. Um, He was asked about how important clarity is at board level for a manager. And he said, I think if I've been something, it's honest. Probably once I was too honest. So if I cannot see something or I have doubts, I will say it. Now I have no doubts. It's so clear and it's a very clear statement from the ownership. Very clear direction from the ownership. Very clear direction with what we want to do. There's zero question marks there. So again, Mikel Arteta uh, going big on the old Kroenke uh, backing. in. Um, he's clearly supportive of them. He clearly feels that they're supporting him. Well, you better show it this summer because Arsenal need to improve dramatically next season. And uh, it's just a, a case now, I believe, of whether Mikel Arteta is going to get the backing he needs uh, to take the team onto the next level. And, you know, yes, he's made mistakes, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to push forward unless the backing is there. Because for all the, the, the sort of criticisms we've had of Mikel Arteta over the season, and there have been many and many of them have been justified, we're in a position where um, we're kind of at a point where if we don't invest if we don't improve this squad dramatically if we don't continue the rebuild then nothing's going to be all that different next season so it really is a, a really big and important summer for arsenal football club and you know you can have an important and a good summer without spending hundreds of millions of pounds um it'd be nice if we did but you know arsenal need to as I, as i've said on on many shows recently we we need to get a bit creative in the transfer market and we need to do smart business and and sometimes smart business doesn't always have to be uh 60 70 million pounds spent on a single player you know it's it's about uh it's about working smarter not harder um, and it's about getting players in that fit the bill for what Mikel Arteta wants to do so Mikel Arteta for me first port of call has to really Decide on a way that he wants his team to play, and then he has to go out and try and get the players to 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 pull that off, to carry that out. And if he doesn't do that, then it's going to be a problem. But he seems to be very confident of the backing uh, from the board. But we'll have to wait and see. He was asked a little bit more about David Luiz. Um, he talked a lot about his character, pretty much uh, what you'd expect, talking about. What a great person he is, how helpful he's been uh, talking about the sadness that he felt when obviously the decision was taken that he was going to leave. He said it's tough and it hurts because that relationship is now going to be going away, um, at least in the space of not seeing him every day. So, again, I have to say thank you to him. But when he was asked about whose decision it was with regards to David Luiz, he said we had very clear talks in the last few months. We already had a big decision to make last year when we had to extend this contract in a very difficult moment during the COVID world, the pay cuts and everything else. We managed to extend that for one more season. He's given his best. I tried to help him as much as I possibly could. And the club did as well. After some conversations, we decided it's the best way to do it now. Um, So that kind of reading between the lines kind of suggests that um, it could be a little bit of both there you know we we kind of got the impression from the initial reports that it was all david luiz that david luiz even if he'd had a contract put in front of him would have rejected it that was what the uh, initial report that came out said that david luiz was the one who made his mind up and was dead set on leaving the club this summer um not for not in a negative way just because he he wanted to move on he didn't feel it was right anymore etc cetera, etc cetera. but just reading between the lines there with what mikel arteta said it seems that Uh, perhaps it was more of a mutual decision than, than the initial report suggested. He was also asked whether it would be William Saliba, um, who replaces David Luiz, or if we'll sign another player. And he said, you'll see in the summer, uh, William is our player for sure. And that's the decision we're going to be taking, uh, soon. He was asked again about Harry Kane. I can't believe that they wasted two questions in this press conference with Mikel Arteta on Harry Kane. Um. He said he doesn't know if he's leaving, um, which is absolutely right. None of us know if he's actually leaving. We've heard that he wants to leave, uh, which is obviously great news for us as Arsenal fans. Um, but you know, you can you can bet on Daniel Levy making it really really difficult and demanding top dollar, and potentially ruling out a number of uh, of, uh, of potential suitors just purely because he wants to bring in that top dollar. He wants to bring in the maximum amount of money to help Tottenham out. Uh, But of course that could price Harry Kane out of a move, which is something that he you'd assume won't be happy about. Uh, Mikkel was asked on whether this is going to be a busy summer. He says, yes, if I have to, answer every question about every possible transfer or what players might be leaving we will be sitting here for hours what I can say is that we know what we want to do and there is a clear plan to put that together it's true there are a lot of decisions to make because as well we have a lot of players on loan some of them have to come back and we will see step by step and focus on the priorities we have let's see how much we can do uh, so Mikel Arteta um, trying really uh, to, you know, to, to, to make it clear that there are plans for the summer. It is going to be busy, um, but not really giving a great deal away as you'd expect. And, 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 you know, he's not going to come out in the press conference and say, Oh, we like X, Y, Z, and we're going to go and sign them for X, Y, Z amount. He's not Harry Redknapp, right? He's not going to pull up outside the training ground with his window down and tell the cameras, everything. So don't be, um, don't be, you know, so um, so frustrated and, and and so sort of disappointed by those responses because why would you expect anything different, I guess? He was also asked about the uh, future of Bern Leno. There's been reports that Bern Leno uh, maybe, possibly, potentially wants to move away from the Emirates Stadium. And again, Mikel Arteta shutting that down with the contract talk. He said it's another, he's another one with a contract here. Because of the length of his contract, a lot of things will be speculating. But he has two years left and he belongs here. So uh, no suggestion from Mikel Arteta uh, that, of course, um, Bern Leno will be leaving. Let's go over to the live chat. Let's say a big hello to every single one of you who's joining us. If you've joined us a bit late, welcome. Alejandro is joining us uh, from Brooklyn, New York. He's just finally caught you live. Welcome, mate. And uh, as Aaron Corbett says in the chat, leave a like it's free yes please please do uh let's set a target of 75 likes let's let's try and get to 75 likes that would be great that would be uh that would be fantastic um let's do that uh what else have we got let's uh, quickly remind you that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com so for all your male grooming needs head over to manscaped.com enter our discount code which is 90min20 grab yourself a lawnmower 3.0 you certainly won't be disappointed and get that, uh, that that pitch back in order ahead of the return of fans uh, in the next couple of weeks so yeah check that out manscaped.com 19min20 is the discount code and you will get 20% off as well as free worldwide shipping um Get some questions in. Let's have some questions in the uh, live chat box. I'd love to hear uh, from you guys. I'd love to hear what you guys are saying. Um, What's your thoughts on on Mikel Arteta's press conference? What's your thoughts on on the suggestion that this is going to be a busy summer? What have you made of it all? Is it just Mikel Arteta playing the game again? I know, you know, I kind of defend him at one point and I say, well, what do you expect? And I don't expect him to come out and reveal names. And I don't expect him to talk about players that he wants to move on. I mean, that would be bad business, wouldn't it? Imagine coming out and saying, I want to sell X, Y, Z. It it would really, you know, it would really, I guess it would just be bad business. It, you know, I'm trying to think of a smarter way of saying it, but it's it, there's no way around it. It's just bad business. The minute you let on that you want to sell someone, um, then you're basically driving their value down straight away because people know you want to get rid and people will try their luck with the prices. So I we were talking about it on the same old Arsenal podcast last night, and I would probably imagine that if the price was right, everybody but Kieran Tierney, Bukayo, Saka and Emile Smith-Rowe will probably be for sale if the right price comes across the table I genuinely believe that because I think Mikel is, is is fed up with his squad I think he knows that there needs to be wholesale changes but I also think he's smart enough to know that you can't just do that overnight you can't just click your fingers and have a completely new 25 man squad it doesn't work like that it's a process the rebuilding is a process I know people hate that word it's been labeled as a PR buzzword but it is you know it, it is a process uh, the process of removing the shit from our squad and replacing them with hopefully better players. Uh, let's go over to the questions. Matt says, how many of our squad are you 100% sure about going into next season? For me, none of them. Even our best players, Oba, underperforming, uh, Kieran Tierney, Emil Smith-Rowe and Partey with injury records and Saka burnout. They're all great points, Matt. Um, I would have said that, that as I, well, I did say Emil Smith-Rowe, Kieran Tierney and Saka would be the three that I would look to hold on to at any cost. But there are others in that squad who you'd regard as important players. And you've mentioned a couple of them there. Thomas Partey, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I'm not saying I would sell Thomas Partey, but, you know, there is an amount of money in the world that would make me sell. And there is an amount of money that would make me uh, sell Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as well. So that's the situation that Arsenal are in at the moment, right? You know, we, we moan about where we are in the league and we moan about how we're you know struggling and how it's been a disappointing campaign when you put it into that context then you think that there's only four or five players that you definitely wouldn't want to see go kind of sums up where we are and why we're there right because we're just simply not good enough in terms of the overall squad um Aaron says, Harry, how was Tony? He looked awful at uh, Kevin Davis in the making. Um, I watched the game yesterday between Brentford and Bournemouth. And I was, I've was i never been keen on the, the idea of bringing Ivan Tony into to the Emirates Stadium. You know, yes, he's he's done it at League One level and he's done it at Championship level now. But it's a big jump up. the The jump up between League One and the Championship is nowhere near as significant as the jump up between the Championship and the Premier League. I'm not keen on Ivan Tony. I'm really not. I've I've not watched a lot of him, admittedly. Uh, But from what I did see last night, you know, and I know Brentford weren't particularly good, but I wasn't overly impressed, overly enthused. And so, uh, no, he's not somebody I'd be looking at bringing in for sure. Uh, Let's pick out uh, some more questions. Uh, Alejandro says, uh, thoughts about Grealish. Will you do live games for the Euros, Harry? Thoughts on Grealish. Absolutely love him. Think he's fantastic. I think he's a brilliant footballer sadly feel like it's going to be cost us way too much money though to get a deal like that done plus Jack Grealish if he is going to leave if Villa are willing to sell him I think there will be a number of other clubs alerted to that situation and there will be other clubs who financially have greater muscle greater strength than us and would probably push him in front of us and snap him up we can't offer him Champions League football we're not even going to be able to offer him UEFA cup football next season so um I love Grealish. I think it's fantastic, but I don't think it's happening. I really don't. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, sorry, Alejandro also asked if we'll be doing live games for the Euros. Yes, uh, I'll be bringing you live watch-alongs during the Euros in the style that we do the Arsenal ones. I'll be having company alongside me as well to do them uh, for a bit more banter and a bit more fun. Uh, I'll also be bringing you uh, new uh, review shows like we do now. Uh, based on the Euros as well, and I'm just in the process of sorting out uh, a group of people to make up a panel uh, that will rotate throughout the tournament. Uh, So very much looking forward to that. But we're also going to bring you some really cool Euros coverage on the 90 Min YouTube channel as well, uh, which I'm going to be involved in. So make sure you're you're keeping your eyes on that as well, because I'm sure you'll enjoy it too. Let's go back into the live chat. Chris says, hey, Harry, hope you're well. I'm good, man. Hope you're well, too. He says, if Leno was to be sold, who would you bring in? It's a tough one. It's a tough one with goalkeepers. Um, I'm doing some members content. Well, I've done some members content. There's a piece that's going to drop today uh, at 4 p.m. for the gold members and above where I look at the goalkeeping and defensive situation, I'll be talking about who I'm going to keep, who I want to sell. Um, And then the next round of members content will be who we're going to be bringing in. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that question, Chris, and take a little bit of time to think about it and see, um, see, uh, what we can do uh, in order to replace the players that I'm inevitably going to bin uh, during my members' videos, uh, which, as I say, coming out at 4 p.m. today. Uh, Brad says, has the points total from Christmas got you more optimistic about next season? It is a positive, isn't it? Since since Christmas, there's no getting away from that, whether you're titter in, titter out, whatever your stance may be on the boss currently, you cannot deny that there has been an improvement. And it's up to you whether you think that improvement has been enough to give you optimism for next season. I think that I am a little bit more optimistic about next season. Yeah. Um, Still got doubts about whether Mikel is ever going to be able to do this job to the level that we need it done at. Uh, But it's not just down to him. It's partly down to him and largely down to him. But if Arsenal do not go and back him in the summer, then I'm not sure if I can throw him under the bus if next season ends up being pretty much as you were. You, you've then got to look at the, the bigger problem, in my opinion, which is the way the football club is being run and has been run for the last decade or so, because that is ultimately why we are where we are. Aaron Corbett says, do you think Saka might be moved back to left wing back for next season if we play three at the back? I'm not sure Arsenal are going to play three at the back, mate. I'd, I'd be really surprised if... If he goes back to that system and sticks with it, um, Saka would be an option at left wing back. But I think the best we've seen from Bukayo Saka has been when he's played um, in in one of those wide forward roles. Uh, Niall Robinson says, who's your ideal centre midfield signing for the summer? I believe once we get the centre midfield right, it will make us so much better overall. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a really important position for sure. Um, you know, it's one that we we really need to address and and as you say, one that's most important. Who would be my overall signing? Again, mate, I'm gonna defer on it and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to you guys with some videos where I'm gonna look at players that I actually want. Um that that I actually want, having done a bit of research, because I wouldn't like to just throw a name out there. Uh, but thank you uh for your question. It's a great question. Uh Peter says, Do you think more attention should be given to Saka's finishing? during this off season bloody lootly and i'll tell you what if it wasn't bukayo saka if it was um if it was nicholas pepe for example i'll tell you one thing there'd be a lot more criticism going his way bukayo saka in front of goal has been really disappointing um you know he he, he has been disappointing in the final third. And for someone who gets into the positions and essentially does all the hard work to then get into those positions and struggle with the finish, struggle sometimes to pick out the right pass. It is frustrating. I know he's young and I know he's still raw to a degree, um, which is obviously something that, you know, will will he will improve on over time. I think he'll develop as a player. I just think that right now, for me, um, yes, he's a very important part of this Arsenal team, but I think we're over-reliant on him. And I think that pressure and that requirement to deliver week in, week out at such a young age, when you're still finding yourself as a player, when you're still developing, is 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 putting a little bit too much pressure on him. And we're seeing not that Bukayo Saka isn't a great player, but we're just seeing the, the usual characteristics of someone young, someone still developing. So I'm not worried about it, but I do think it is an area that he needs to improve. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, jo 4 says, do you think Arsenal can shock everyone next season and get the top four? As I said on the same old Arsenal last night, my friend, it's, it's totally dependent on what business gets done in the summer. I genuinely believe that because I think we do, as fans, like n- make a big thing of the manager. The manager does have obviously a responsibility and a key, key role but equally if the players aren't good enough it don't matter how good a coach you are uh, you will struggle at times and and if they're average players they won't always be able to pull off what it is you want and and there are moments in games that a manager has absolutely zero influence over and and at, at that point it's over to the players and at times this season many of them have failed to deliver Mikel Arteta's failed to you know before everybody jumps on me I'm not for a second suggesting that he's got everything right this season he's made numerous mistakes as I've even pointed out throughout the course of the season but people choose to ignore when I point out his mistakes for some reason and uh, I've been told at least 10 times in the last 24 hours that I should be his lawyer um there you go but you know it is um it is it is a situation at Arsenal that needs resolving but it's a situation that It needs resolving from all directions. It's something that needs to be addressed in in many ways. It's something that needs to be addressed in terms of bringing in the right players, in terms of moving out the players that we don't need anymore, in terms of giving the manager the platform he needs to work on. But equally, he as a manager has to improve as well. There's no doubt about that. Let's pick out uh, one or two more bits. Alex McCarthy says, would Arteta's worst nightmare of next season be the top four to five teams during the first 10 games? Well, it would certainly make it hard for him if he is indeed going to be judged on those opening games. I think he needs a bit of luck in terms of the run. Um, You know, he needs the, um, he needs a bit of the rubber, the green there so that he can go into the season and pick up results against some of the teams that, have been a little bit unfancy, uh, a little bit less fancy. But I think we've got to be smart as fans as well, right, in our judgment. You know, if we take on Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, Man United in our first six games, and we only win a couple of them, then you've got to be realistic and say, well, those teams are all better than us, you know, and then you've got to judge it in terms of the the actual match, how did it go? How did we perform? What was good? What was bad? I think people are too simplistic in their judgments, basically, sometimes. And um, yeah, it would be a nightmare for him, of course. But I think we've got to, um, I think we've got to judge it in a, a sensible, more intelligent way than than it being simply Mikel Arteta must win six of his first eight Premier League games this next season. So that's just my view on it. Uh, Faradun says that Harry, a couple of days ago you changed Arteta out and it seems you are Arteta in again. I've not changed, uh, views, you know, after the Villarreal game, I question whether Mikel Arteta was the right man to take us forward. And I'm still at that place where I'm, I'm, I'm asking questions. Is he the right man to take us forward? Don't know, um, is the honest answer, but equally, He's not going to be sacked now. So what would be the point in me being toxic and disgusting towards him and being really super negative? Let's see what happens in the summer. Give him the backing and then we'll judge him. We'll judge him on next season. I've always said that I'll judge him a lot more harshly from the start of next season. Um, I'm not massively Arteta in anymore like I probably was before. But what I am is I am calmer than I was directly after the VRAL semi-final. And I'm trying to look at things in a more sensible way now that the emotion has been taken out of it. Because when you react straight after a game or in the days following a game, a game of that magnitude, a game of that importance, you can allow your emotions to get carried away. And at the time, you know, looking at the way we went out and some of the decisions that Mikel Arteta made, it was very easy to go, yep, Mikel is the one to blame, get him out. But my gripe and issue and, and concern about Arsenal is not necessarily what happened in two games against Villarreal, it's what's happened over the course of the season. And when I look at what's happened over the course of the season, I can't solely blame it on Mikel Arteta. I can't solely put the blame at his doorstep. There are other factors too. If we give him the backing that he needs, if we back him in the transfer market and a few games into next season, it's not looking any better. It's not looking good. And we're not seeing any signs of improvement. Then I, like everybody else, will want to see him showing the door. Going to leave it there. Going to leave it there. Uh, What else have we got here? Ashton says, uh, you never told us what soup he dropped on Black Friday. Uh, I dropped it. It's a Greek soup. It's called Avogolemoni, which is like, it's made of like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's got egg in it, beaten. It's got lemon. It doesn't sound very nice, but it's bloody delicious. has got rice in it as well. That's what I dropped over me. Um, so you can imagine what it smells like uh, as well. It actually smelled quite nice, and I, I did smell it on my arm uh, for a little while afterwards as well. <laughs> Uh, right I'm gonna leave it there and I will catch you all a little bit later on members video remember drop in at 4 p.m today uh, you'll be able to catch that one if you're a gold member or above if you want to become a member you can do so by clicking on the link in the description uh, it really really helps and I will catch you all uh, very very soon until next time take care all the best ciao